Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. The show is brought to you by Pariah Pickups, quality handcrafted guitar pickups from Detroit Rock City. Check them out at pariahpickups.com. To support the No Sleep Till Sudbury show on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash Music. And I'm also available for speaking engagements now. For details on that, email info at brentjensenmusic.com. All right, let's take up where we left off last week with former Cream Magazine writer Jeffrey Morgan. I have some questions for him about his very passionate review of Van Halen's Diver Down record. And we also talk about his selections of skin-vibrating songs. Very unique. Here we go. One more point about the book before we get into your songs here. So, Van Halen Diver Down review. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to quote you. I, I took particular interest in this because I'm a big Van Halen fan. So your quote is the diver down record is an exceptionally vicious kick in the teeth to Van Halen fans everywhere. The line after that is this album is such a lousy career move that I would be, you know, like really surprised, you know, if these guys would be, you know, in this magazine, a couple of, and of mm. course next month, David Lee Roth was on the cover, right? So, the reason I said that is because I went out and bought the album mm-hmm. and it probably cost, you know, four fifty or something. Mm-hmm. And it ran for less than half an hour and it was full of a bunch of filler stuff. And I thought I got to get my money back. <laughs> and so anytime that I do a bad review, it's basically because I went out and bought the album and I didn't get my money's worth. And I wanted to get my money back and warn people and say, here's what you're in for. And as it turned out, the band, the band read the review and they were very upset about it because it's that sort of thing where, you know, the record company buys ads and, and the band does. And, and, and it seems word got back to me. They were very irate about the review. Mm. And I maintain that because of that review, they recorded 1984, which was a much better album. No, I can't prove it, you know, but it's sort of like Chriswell in Plan 9 from Outer Space. You know, my friend, (laughs) can you can you say that it didn't happen? So that's, you know, because you have sometimes you have to call these people. And and that's the whole point. If you're a fan and you've bought all their albums and then you spend four fifty or five bucks with tax and you get an album that's less than half an hour long. Well, you're just you're just soaking the consumer. And, And I think Billy Altman who was the cream editor, uh, record review editor at the time, put the title on it, which was the perfect title. It was called Seller's Market. Mm. And, and that summed it up perfectly. Yeah, 1984 was certainly a huge departure, that's for sure. Yeah, and I'm a huge Van Halen fan. Me too. And that's the point. You know, I think that's what I said. I bought this record, and I feel that I got, you know, burned by them because I expect to get my money's worth. Yeah. And you guys are just, you know, phoning it in. Yeah. So sometimes you got to tell the truth. I like that you said, you know, I have a personal stake in this. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I didn't get my record for free from Warner brothers. I went out to Sam, the record man or A records. And I went and I bought it and I brought it home and I didn't get my money's worth. It's the same thing. I went to see let it be in 1970 on my birthday. And I love the Beatles. I mean, everybody loves the Beatles and I love that era of the Beatles. And I went to see let it be. And the ticket I remember, cost me because it was May 20th mm-hmm. and it was the opening day for the film. And I went to see like the two o'clock show 
and I paid $2.50 for this. And I sat through it. And at the end of it, I sat there and I went, I didn't get my money's worth. And I sat through it a second time. After sitting through it twice, then I went, yeah, I got my two fifties. <laughs> right? Then I left the theater. But after sitting through it once, I went, right, this isn't worth two fifty. And now, how do you feel about the record these days, Van Halen, Diver Down? It's horrible. Still? It's less than half an hour. You, can't, <laughs> you know, it's the kind of, it, I'll tell you, it isn't worth the free download if you got it on Napster or Grokster <laughs> or uTorrent or whatever. You know, Mozilla, whatever you're, whatever you're using to get your records for free. It's like, it's like the same thing. I, I wrote a review of, uh, of a Metallica's uh, St. Anger. Mm. And it was the same thing. And, and, and I just, I laced into it. And my last line of the review was, you know, a memo to Lars and even even worth the free download. Some things are just <laughs> not even worth clicking the mouse and using the bandwidth and getting to it. Wow. And it's a horrible album. They just, you know, they phoned it in. There isn't. You take, you know, Diver Down. And in my heart, you know, I'm right. They didn't put 1% of the effort into recording Diver Down that Lou Reed put into recording metal machine music. Mm. I know Lou Reed worked as, to make metal machine music. He put more work into that thing. And that's just tape loop feedback and rewind. And that's more artistically assembled. You know, I mean, anybody, if I want to sing and listen to Happy Trails, I'll just, you know, <laughs> watch a Roy Rogers movie. And I'll get Dale Evans. And Dale Evans is a lot better looking than David Lee Roth, especially now. <laughs> I was watching uh, Joe Rogan, and he had, um, he had Roth on recently, and, and he's, got a, he's got a tooth missing on the, on the bottom row of teeth. I don't know what happened to that guy. He's probably his Iggy Pop thing, because Iggy, Iggy Pop has the same problem. Like, Iggy's got his teeth capped, and if he doesn't have his cap on his teeth, you know, then he's got this fang that comes out. So it's, it's you know, I don't know. He's trying to be trendy or something, you know? All right, well, that's a good segue into your songs here, because you've done something um, that over 200 episodes have never seen before. Okay? Which is what? So people bring in five songs that make your skin vibrate. Oh, those songs. Yes. So you've got Lou Reed... Metal Machine Music. So just to explain to people who don't know. So Lou Reed Metal Machine Music is a record. It's a double record, four sides. So you've got four songs here. And for Metal Machine Music, there is one song per album side on that album. So you've got Lou Reed Metal Machine Music A1, A2, A3, A4, counting as four songs, and Neil Young's Arc as the fifth song. No, that's number three to just, just to break up. It's oh, like a little intermission. Oh, okay. So is that intentional then? Okay. So, oh yeah. So, so. Lou and Lou. Then you get a little bit of a break. You get a little bit of Neil. Yeah. Then you go back to the Lou and the Lou. <laughs> okay. So explain this to me. Tell me all about this. I think metal machine music is one of the greatest albums ever. To, you know, to quote Lester Bangs, it's one of the greatest albums recorded in the history of the human eardrum. You know, when I bought it, I bought a, a a used copy, first of all, because mm -hmm. I'd heard so much about it. So when it came out, I went to a store called Round Records and they had a used copy. It was like punched. And uh, I went and I asked them to put it on for me and they wouldn't play it in the store. So I knew there had to be something good about it. Mm. And I just find it. I used to get headaches. Mm -hmm. And what I found out that is that if I played metal machine music, which is just basically feedback and tape rewind for 16 minutes yeah 
but it's intelligently done. It's not accidental. There's, 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 a, there's a weird intellect behind it. But I found that if I played this record at maximum volume for five minutes and drank two cans of Joe Cola okay. and then turned off the music, such as it is, there would be this huge vacuum of silence that would come in and my headache would be gone. Oh. And I just thought it was a great album. And I always played it all the time when I was, when I was in school. I had it on cassette. I would go to the libraries and play it on cassette. Deck. I just love this album. And... Everybody, all my friends knew that I love this album to the point where Rob Bowman, who's a uh, Toronto writer and he's won a Grammy and, and he's done many, many, many books. Mm-hmm. And, and he was working on a Lou Reed box set and he was on, he owned a record store at that time. And I walked in one day, this is in the early nineties and we were, I had, this is when we were talking and I ended up titling the, the box set that, uh, ended up coming out and we were talking and and he just looked at me and he said be honest when's the last time you listened to metal machine music and i said two weeks ago and he laughed it's it's a great album and it's not as good as neil young's arc which is basically the beginnings and ends of songs that were recorded on the rust never sleeps tour mm-hmm. it's basically the sound of um Feedback. Metaphorically, it's sort of the sound of, of, you know, jet engines winding up. And then it's the sound of jet engines winding down. And you just forget about the flight in the middle and, and when everything gets up to speed. And I just find I'll, I'll listen to anything, you know, and I just I just love these records. Hmm. Interesting. I've never really understood the point of metal machine music. I don't, I don't know. And maybe you can enlighten me as to what the kind of statement that Lou Reed is trying to make here. I mean, I, I'm open to the intended purpose, and I'm very curious about it, but I never really understood it. I, I'm of the opinion that it's sort of like a sonic painting. Mm-hmm. It sort of falls, for me, it falls into the same kind of character, the same, same kind of cate- category as uh, some of Steve Reich's work. Okay. You know, like come out and 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 four organs and the things. It's it's basically experimental music, mm-hmm. right? And it fits a very very narrow spectrum of music. But I'm the kind of guy I'll listen to everything. Like if, if we're walking down the street and some guy's in a hard hat and he's ripping up the concrete with a jackhammer, you know. Like, I'll turn to you and say, I've got records that sound like that. And I will, <laughs> you know, because I'll listen to anything. And it's, it's the kind of thing that you either get or you don't get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you the greatest, I'll, I'll tell you, and, and this will explain it to you. Okay. I'm going to give you the greatest line of criticism that has ever been written. Okay. Did, you, did you ever see The Man Who Fell to Earth? Uh, yes, it did. Okay. Remember the scene at the end? And this is, this applies to anything because I used to get, I used to listen to things and I would rail and I would go, how can they put this out? This is horrible. Don't they know that this is? And then I saw this movie and it explains everything. Mm -hmm. And if you remember at the end of the movie, because in the movie, the character, Thomas Jerome Newton, and the book, the book is a million times better because Mm -hmm. the book is written by the same guy who wrote The Hustler. So he's a really great writer. The movie is not anywhere. The movie's a piece of junk compared to the book. Yeah. But in the movie, David Bowie's the guy. He came from space and he gets stranded on Earth. And at the end of the thing, he sort of becomes an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. 
And he spends his time going to recording studios and he records records in his alien language. Mm -hmm. And the concept is that if somebody ever plays these alien records that are recorded in his alien language, which probably sound like metal machine music, right? Mm -hmm. The theory is that those sound waves will go into space and eventually those sound waves might reach the planet where his wife and children are and they will hear it and they will know that he's contacting them somehow. Yeah. And in the last scene of the movie, he's sitting there and he's like drunk and he's sitting at a table by himself and Rip Torn comes up, who was one of the characters in the film. And Rip Torn says to him, he says to the bully character, he goes, I heard one of your records. And Bully goes, what did you think? And Rip Torn goes, I didn't like it. And the Bowie character goes, I didn't make it for you. And that's the key to everything. So when you listen to metal machine music, Lou Reed didn't make it for you. He might have made Transformer for you. Yeah. He might have made Rock and Roll Animal for you. Mm-hmm. But he didn't make that. And once you, had, once you realize that, and you go, how can people be so unwise to make this popular and to buy all these records? They didn't make it for you. They made it for the people who bought it. And once you understand that, then this burden of criticism and elitism and everything gets lifted from your shoulders and you go, yeah, because the music that I like, that other people didn't like, they made it for me and they didn't make it for them. And that's how it works. That's fair. Yeah, so Lou Reed made it. He made a record for me. And he didn't make it for you. And then Lou Reed's made albums that you probably like. Mm -hmm. And I listen to them. You know, it'll be, you know, there'll be some records that he did. And I'll listen to him and go, eh, this is garbage. And I'll realize it's not garbage. He just didn't make it for me. Mm. There's nothing wrong with the songs. Everything's valid. You can't say it's a bad song. All you can say is he didn't make it for me. I like that. Yeah, and 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 it works and it works for anything, a TV show, a play, anything. And then it relieves you. It relieves you of having to be critical about something and say, you know, and and that's sort of part of the conversation that I have where where Lou goes on this tirade and defends David Bowie. Mm. And all I did was say to him was I said, you know, Bowie was in town last month and he did a horrendous version of I'm waiting for the man. And Lou just went on for 20 minutes defending him. And he was right. Because I was thinking, oh, he didn't do it the way it should have been done. And Lou goes, you don't understand. He's not going for you. (laughs) So that version that David Bowie, when he did I'm Waiting for the Man, he didn't do it for me. He's doing it for the other people. And then I understood. But But, you know took Lou Reed 20 minutes to like, you know, just go on our tirade and explain to me how I didn't understand what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And then I understood. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So anything you don't like, it, it's not a matter of whether it's good or bad. He didn't make it for you. Yeah. Yeah. It works really well. All right, my friend, that is, uh, that is your song list. This has been a very enjoyable chat for me. Well, you're you're very generous, Brent, to say that. You know, you're very kind. No, this is great. I, I appreciate that. 
You know, you're a great writer. The book is fantastic. You have a, a style about your writing that I love. You know, it kind of reminds me. And I was saying to you before the show, I was I was saying, you know, it, I kick myself for not getting into cream a little bit more when I was a kid because I was kind of more focused on the, you know, the, the Pablum magazines, right? Circus and Hit Parader and the, all the dumb stuff. Well, there's there's a line in, in, in there's a Rodney Bingenheimer review where they're going through stuff. And, 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 and one of the characters in, in the TV review parody says, you know, I was a circus raves man myself, mm. you know, so, but I bought all those magazines. I bought Roxy and I did all that. But, and, and I'll be honest, you know, I'm, I'm like you. You know, the Brent, the only reason I ended up buying cream was because there were pictures of the who on the cover, <laughs> you know, and I thought, oh, you know, and they were like Ethan Russell's pictures of the who. And I went, oh, this is nice. You know, and then I read it and I went, eh, big deal. And I cut out the pictures and, you know, I never bought it again for a couple of years. Mm. So, you know, it, it's uh, that's why I like Rock Critic Confidential, because it's loaded with lots of photos. Yeah. And, and people are, you know, visual photos. And <clears throat> the one thing I like about it is. You can make a value judgment about the writing. You can say, well, the writing's not serious, or it's, it's, not, it, it's too flippant, or it tries to be funny and it's not funny. You can make a value judgment about the writing. You can't make a value judgment about the photos. I, I was blessed by God to be able to take hundreds of photos in the book, and they're all extremely high-quality photos. It's the kind of thing where you can't make a judgment about it and go, eh, it's a little out of focus, or the guy's trying to be a photographer. They're very good photos, and that's what I'm very pleased about, is you can criticize the writing as maybe I didn't write it for you, but the photos are for anybody. If anybody likes seeing pictures of Bowie and Lou Reed and Queen, you know, and George Harrison and Paul McCartney and everybody else, Johnny Winter, when they were in their youthful prime, then that's worth the price of admission. Yeah. Because nobody will look at the photos and get cheated and say, eh, it came close. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> blessed to be able to have done it. Agree. Rock Critic Confidential, folks. Get out there, buy that book immediately. It's fantastic. Do yourself a favor. Thank you, Mr. Jensen. I appreciate your kind words. Thank you. It's been great talking with you, Jeffrey. I really appreciate it. Stay in touch. And to all my friends in Sudbury. There you go. Hello. <laughs> all right. All right, my friend, take good care. Thank you very much. Best of luck with and the book. And stay safe, everybody. Bye-bye. All right, this has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brian Jensen and my very special guest, Mr. Jeffrey Morgan. Until next time, folks, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide. <laughs>